We're turning together in God's precious word to the book of Jonah, the minor prophecy of Jonah, and to the chapter 1. Jonah and the chapter 1. And we're moving down to the very end of that chapter. Going to take up our reading at the verse 17, the final verse of chapter 1, and then reading into the second chapter. Jonah chapter 1 and the verse 17. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hadst cast me into the deep, into the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, Yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee into thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord." And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Amen. We'll end our reading there at the end of chapter 2. And may the Lord add his own blessing to this public reading from his own precious and infallible word. I would like to bid him. Amen. Let us turn together in God's word to the portion that we've read from the book of Jonah, and what a fascinating book uh, the book of Jonah really is. We've been looking already through Jonah chapter 1, and we have commenced a reading of the final verse of that chapter. The chapter divisions in our Bible are not inspired, and it may just have been better to start that second chapter with verse 17 of the first chapter. But my text for this morning is the chapter 2 and the verse 1. And just to center my thoughts around this portion today. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. And we come today to think about Jonah's prayer. 
Let us unite together and ask the Lord for help as we come to the ministry of his precious word. Let us pray. Our eternal God and our loving Father in heaven, we do thank thee today for thine own precious and infallible word. And as we consider, O God, this portion together, and as we consider the prayer of Jonah, we ask, O God, that it might prove to be a blessing to our hearts and that thou wouldst be pleased to guide and direct us according to thy precious truth. I ask thee, O God, for help in the ministry of thy word, that even today I would be that vessel unto honor, the vessel that is sanctified and meet for the master's use. Fill us, O God, with thy spirit, and use us today to thine honor and to thy glory. We ask it in the Savior's great name. Amen. There is never a time when the child of God cannot pray. Whenever you think of some of the exhortations in God's word, men ought always to pray and not to faint. And when Paul wrote to the Ephesians, he said, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And when Paul wrote to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 5 and the verse 17, he simply said, pray without ceasing. And so there's never a time when we cannot seek the face of the Lord in prayer. Sometimes we will gather for public prayer, and those times are specially set aside where God's people can come together in that corporate fashion and we seek God's face together. There are other occasions when we have private prayer and we would come aside ourselves for that time of private prayer and devotion. There are times whenever we find ourselves in certain situations where there's just spontaneous prayer. We find ourselves in that position when we just have to shoot a prayer to heaven, just lifting our hearts to the Lord. We could be walking along and praying. We could be working and praying we could be driving the car and praying, although don't be doing that with your eyes closed. But it just shows us that at any time our hearts can be in fellowship with the Lord and we can be seeking God's face in the attitude of prayer at any time. But not only are we encouraged to pray at any time, but we could say as well, in any place, any place, you think of the example of the Lord Jesus Christ and he often resorted to the garden. He went to the garden of Gethsemane to pray. And there in the garden, sometimes the Lord spent the whole night in the place of prayer. You think of Hezekiah in the Old Testament and he got that word that he was sick and his sickness was on to death and there he was in his bed. And it tells us that while he was in his bed, he turned his face to the wall and he prayed to the Lord. 
And so you could pray in the garden and you could pray in your bed. And of course, there were those who prayed in prison. We know of Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16 and how often we remind ourselves that they sang praises unto the Lord at midnight, but the detail is also there that they prayed. The Lord encourages his people to go into the closet and pray. Go into thy closet and when thou hast shut the door, Pray unto thy heavenly Father in secret, and thy heavenly Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. And so there are many different times when we can lift our hearts to the Lord in the attitude of prayer, and many different places that we can come to seek God's face. But I would suggest to you this morning that there never was a more unusual place And there never was a more unusual circumstance when someone prayed to the Lord than the prayer of Jonah here that we have read about. Because Jonah prayed unto the Lord from the belly of the great fish. Praying to the Lord from the belly of the great fish. And from our last study, we know that when Jonah was discovered to be the problem, and the problem as to why the storm had come, and that the ship was ready to break up, and the sailors were reluctantly brought to accept that the only solution was to sacrifice Jonah and to cast him overboard. And as soon as they did that, the storm ceased from its raging. They all would have thought that's the end of Jonah. Jonah has gone to a watery grave. And yet there at the end of chapter 1, it says, Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. And so, while they thought it was the end of Jonah, we can see that the Lord had not finished with Jonah just yet. And the Lord prepared this great fish to swallow up Jonah. Now there are those who want to question, could this have happened? Was it possible for a fish to swallow up Jonah? Well, I don't want to go into the possibilities or the impossibilities of whether that could have happened or not. There are those who go to great lengths to try to disprove it, but I believe it. I believe it because the Bible states it. And the Lord Jesus Christ himself, as we have noticed in this study already, he affirms what we have read in Jonah And therefore, we believe it because the Bible states it and that it was a great miracle of God. You see, it's quite amazing to think of that vast sea, the Mediterranean Sea. And there, just like a little drop in the ocean, there's that boat that Jonah is upon and it's sailing towards Tarshish, out there in the midst of the Mediterranean Sea, but the Lord is able to direct this great fish. 
And just at that very moment when they're casting Jonah overboard, there's the fish ready and waiting because the Lord has the fish right there, right at that very place, and right at that very moment. The fish is ready to swallow up Jonah at the command of the Lord. And what we're learning here is that God is in control. And the book of Jonah really demonstrates that to us over and over again. In all circumstances, the Lord is in control. Notice how verse 17 there at the end of chapter 1 puts it, Now the Lord had prepared. The Lord had prepared. That word prepared there, it means to assign or to appoint or to make ready. And so in relation to that great fish, the Lord had assigned that fish this particular task. The Lord had divinely appointed that fish to this task and brought that fish to that very point. And the Lord had made it ready. And so the Lord prepared. The Lord is in control here. Those, that word there, prepared, it actually appears four times in the book of Jonah. And here it is at the end of chapter 1 and the verse 17. And it says, The Lord had prepared a great fish. But if you glance into chapter 4 of the book of Jonah and you come down there to the verse 6, it says, And the Lord God prepared a gourd. And so the Lord is still here assigning and appointing and making ready. The Lord God prepared. You look there at verse 7 of chapter 4. But God prepared a worm. And then you look there at verse 8. And it came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared a vehement east wind. And so in all of these situations, it's that word prepared. And it's an indication to us that the Lord is in control here of all things. He prepared the great fish. He prepared the gourd. He prepared the worm. He prepared the vehement east wind. And so the sovereign Lord is in control. And he has prepared the great fish to swallow up Jonah. And it is from the belly of that great fish that Jonah prays. And I want us for just a moment or two together as the time remains to consider the prayer of Jonah from the belly of the great fish. And notice firstly the timing of his prayer. Chapter 2 commences with the word then. And whenever you see that word then in the Bible, it invites us to ask when. And so there's the timing of this prayer that brings us to consider the exact circumstances, the situation that Jonah found himself in. And verse 2 gives us an indication of that and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction. The time of great affliction it was a time of great trouble. And then Jonah cried. It was then that Jonah prayed. Jonah is reflecting here as he writes this book. 
And he's looking back and he's reflecting upon all of the affliction and the trouble that he went through. And he describes the circumstances of his affliction in great detail. You look at verse 3. For thou hadst cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves were passed over me. Look at verse 5. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. And Jonah is detailing here the circumstances of what he calls his affliction. And he's in the deep. He has floods and billows and waves. Those waters in the Bible would represent to us troubles and trials. Jonah's in the depth of that. Verse 7, he speaks about his soul fainting. When my soul fainted within me, he says, I remembered the Lord. But what you're really looking at here with Jonah is a time when he was completely overwhelmed. Overwhelmed by the circumstances that he finds himself in. And he speaks about his soul fainting there in verse 7. That word faint, it means to recoil. You ever work with a tape measure? One of those retractable tape measures and you can pull it right out and you can do the measurement, but when you let it go, it'll recoil. It goes back in again. That's how Jonah feels in relation to his soul. He's recoiling into himself. He's withdrawing because he's, he's overwhelmed. And he knows that it's time for him to pray because all that you read about here amounts to a great time of trouble. And that's the time when Jonah prays. That's the time when he turns to the Lord. The Bible would encourage us to do that. In our times of trouble, you consider some of the Psalms. The Psalm 20 and the verse 1, it says, The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The Lord hears us in the day of trouble. In Psalm 34 and the verse 6, the psalmist says, This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. In Psalm 50 and the verse 15, it says, And call upon me in the day of trouble, I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. And we're invited there like Jonah to call upon the Lord in the day of trouble. And perhaps right now you're going through a time of great trouble. Perhaps now you're feeling the heat and you're under that burden and that great weight. Thank God for the privilege of prayer. Verse 2, you may have noticed the words when Jonah says, Out of the belly of hell cried I. Out of the belly of hell. In verse 4, he said, I am cast out of thy sight. That's certainly what hell is. Hell is to be cast out of the Lord's sight. And to be cast out of the Lord's sight forever. 
The word that's translated hell here in our English authorized version could also be translated grave or death or Hades. Some therefore would genuinely believe that through the experience of Jonah here that he actually died. And whenever you would examine the passage here, chapter 2, in detail, there would be evidence there to give weight to that particular argument. Verse 6, Jonah says, I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. He's, He's right there in the very heart of the earth, as it were. And he says, The earth with her bars was about me forever, yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption. O Lord my God. And also when the Lord referred to Jonah, he said Jonah was the sign, the sign of the prophet Jonah. And what was Jonah to be the sign of? Well, we pointed out previously, he was to be the sign of, of sacrifice, to be the sign of the Lord's death and also of the Lord's resurrection. And those who believe that Jonah actually died when he was cast into the deep would say that in order to become uh, that true sign of the Lord's death and resurrection, that Jonah himself would need to die and be raised again. Now, whatever you choose to believe concerning that, it cannot be denied that Jonah was going through a time of great affliction the time of great trouble, and I'm emphasizing the timing of this prayer. But then notice with me, secondly, the terms in this prayer. The various terms that Jonah uses to describe his prayer. In verse 1, it uses that word prayed. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. That word prayed is a general term that's used to describe the soul as it seeks to uh, pray unto the Lord. The book of Genesis, you would read about Abraham, and it tells us there, Abraham prayed, uses those words. The book of Exodus, you could read about Moses, and it tells us of Moses, Moses prayed. And you could go into 1 Samuel and you would read about Hannah and it tells us Hannah prayed. And you could read also there about Samuel and it tells us that Samuel prayed. And you could read of Elisha and Elisha prayed. And there are many others and it says that they have prayed. What about you? Jonah prayed. So many other examples in the Bible of those who prayed. You come to that point where you have prayed unto the Lord. It's another term used here in verse 2, and it's the word cried. The word cried, it means to, to call out aloud. And here as Jonah came to pray out of the fish's belly, he's crying aloud, as it were, to the Lord. It's a desperate cry to the Lord. Verse 2, you see the word cried appears twice in verse 2, but that second word, out of the belly of hell, cried I. That's a different word to that first word cried, and this one, it speaks of a cry for help or a cry for assistance. 
And verse 2 also uses the word there, voice. For thou hast, verse 2, and said, I cried by reason of my affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly of hell, cried I, and thou heardest my voice. And the word voice there has to do with the full voice. In other words, with all of his strength, he's crying out to the Lord. He's praying to the Lord. Verse 4, it's the word look. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again. And he was looking there to the Lord. And that word look is being used in association with his prayer. Jonah is looking to the Lord. And then in verse 7 he says, I remembered the Lord. And the word remembered there again would be used in association with prayer. And Jonah was the one who had tried to forget the Lord and tried to run as far as he could from the Lord. But now he remembers the Lord. Good to remember the Lord. I was reading this past week in the Psalm 119. And of course that Psalm is divided up into sections and each of the 22 sections has eight verses in each. And the section that commences with verse 49 is a section about remembering. And in verse 49 of Psalm 119, it says, Remember the word. Remember the word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. You get a word from the Lord, it's a word that brings hope to the heart. And therefore it's good to remember the word. And in that same section and the verse 52 the psalmist said, I remembered thy judgments of old, O Lord, and have comforted myself. Remembering the word of the Lord will, will bring hope. Remembering the judgments of the Lord, it'll bring comfort. And in that same section of Psalm 119, the verse 55, I have remembered thy name, O Lord, in the night, and have kept thy law. Remembering the name of the Lord brings obedience there. How good it is to take that time to pray to the Lord and to cry to the Lord that the Lord would hear our voice and to, to look to the Lord and to remember the Lord. And in all of those terms, what it amounts to is that we're coming to the Lord in prayer, the challenge for prayer so we can see the timing of Jonah's prayer and the terms in Jonah's prayer. But what about the truth in Jonah's prayer? It is to be noted that Jonah prayed scripturally. He was praying here, quoting from God's word. He was actually quoting from the book of the Psalms. And just going down his prayer gives us some indication of the knowledge he had of God's word. That whenever he came to the Lord in prayer, he was able to quote from the Psalms in prayer. Let me just give you a few examples here. In the verse 2 of chapter 2, he says, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. And you compare those words 
with Psalm 120 and the verse 1. And the psalmist said, In my distress I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me. Jonah's quoting from the Scriptures. Jonah 2 and the verse 3. You'll find the words there at the end of that verse. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. And Psalm 42 and the verse 7 says, All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Is Jonah not quoting here from God's word? Is Jonah not quoting the Psalms as he comes to the Lord in prayer? Jonah 2 and the verse 5, you'll, you'll see the words there. The waters compassed me about even to the soul. And in Psalm 69 and the verse 1, the psalmist said, Save me, O God, for the waters are come in unto my soul. The words are so similar. Chapter 2 and the verse 6, you'll see the words in that verse, Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. The Psalm 16 and the verse 10 says, For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. And I say as we look down those details of Jonah's prayer, we can see that he had the truth in his prayer and he was quoting God's word in prayer. Jonah knew the book. And here was the dove-like prophet of the Lord who was called and commissioned by the Lord to go and preach because he was a man of the book. And whenever he comes before the Lord in prayer, after having run from the Lord, oh, he comes now to the Lord. And he's quoting from the Scriptures as he prays to the Lord. When coming to the Lord in prayer, take hold of the promises of God's Word. When coming to seek God's face in prayer, plead those promises before the Lord. The Lord will honor his word. And so there's the truth in Jonah's prayer. But then, fourthly, I want you to notice the turning in Jonah's prayer. Verse 4 reveals a turning. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. And also in verse 7, there's evidence of a turning. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple. You see, there's a direction here being referred to, and the direction being referred to is the temple. And Jonah is saying that he would look there, he would look again toward thy holy temple. And that his prayer came in unto the Lord, into his holy temple. Now if you think of the direction that Jonah was going, he was in the ship that was sailing to Tarshish, and he was going towards the west. But the temple here was towards the east. And when he said, I will look again toward thy holy temple, it has to do with the turning. Now, even though he's in the depths, even though he's in the belly of the great fish, 
Those words there, looking again toward thy holy temple, it's it's a reference there to prayer, but there's an indication there of a turning, a turning of direction. And that temple was really the place to meet with the Lord. It was the place to commune with the Lord. It was there that there was the mercy seat, the mercy seat that was sprinkled with the blood of the sacrifice. And Jonah is turning back. By faith, he's looking to the Lord. Then his prayer here, there's a turning back to the Lord. In his prayer here, there's a restoration. In his prayer, there's a getting back into fellowship with the Lord. I asked the question today, is there a Jonah? Is is there one who has run away from the Lord and has tried to get far away from the Lord and has tried to cancel God out of their lives altogether? But the time has come. You need to turn back. The time has come. And you need to say with Jonah, I will look again. I will look again. And thank God there's mercy with the Lord. Just like the prodigal. Jonah's the prodigal prophet. He ran away, but he returned. And the prodigal son came to that point way down there in the mire, and he said, I will arise and go to my father. And there has to be a turning back. But thank God there is a forgiveness and there is a healing and there's a restoration there for the one who will turn back. The hymn says, Approach my soul, the mercy seat, where Jesus answers prayer. There humbly fall before his feet, for none, none can perish there. The turning in this prayer, turning back to the Lord. Then finally and very quickly, the triumph in Jonah's prayer. The triumph was this, God heard his prayer. God heard his prayer. His prayer was answered. When you look at verse 2, and he said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord. And then he says this, he heard me. He heard me. Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. And twice over in that second verse, Jonah wants to put on record that he got through to God. He was down there in the lowest depths of despair. Now he couldn't have gone any further down, but even from such a place, the Lord heard his prayer. Verse 7, he said with assurance, my prayer come in unto thee. In other words, my prayer was accepted. The prayer that was accepted by God. And verse 10 at the end of chapter 2 shows us uh, the triumph of how miraculously this prayer was answered. And the Lord spake unto the fish and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry ground. See, it's a powerful miracle that God is in control of from beginning to end. Prayer was answered in a most remarkable way. No doubt there was a point when Jonah himself thought it's over. It's over. Felt the game was up. 
Never thought he would see dry land again. But he turned to the Lord in prayer and he knew a most remarkable answer to prayer. He experienced the great miracle that he would never have thought was possible. And there is great triumph in prayer. And Jonah comes to a conclusion over all that has happened to him. And he's, he's looking back as he writes this and he's, he's going into all the details. And when he, he, he accounts all of this, he comes to something of a conclusion. And he concludes that through all of his experience here, in verse 9, I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. And this is his conclusion. This is the verdict that he writes over the whole of his experience here. And he says, salvation is of the Lord. From beginning to end, salvation is of the Lord. I want us to return to that statement from Jonah next Lord's Day morning in the will of the Lord. Because there's so much that that statement brings to our hearts that we would do well to dwell upon. That's, that's a major message from a minor prophet. It's the major message in the book of Jonah. It's a major message that runs throughout the whole of Scripture. Listen to that message. Salvation is of the Lord. That's the triumph. That's the triumph in the book of Jonah. And may the Lord be pleased to write his word today upon each of our hearts.